welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Hello and welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Caregiver Cup Podcast. Yesterday, did you hear? It was my birthday. It was a big decade. Yeah, the big 6-0 for me. (laughs) I like to tell people that I'm turning 30 twice now. I don't feel any different. It's 60, but I feel like it's, it's great. It's just another year for me. But the one thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is when you do your big celebrations like your birthdays and holidays and major events, they look different now as a caregiver. There were no balloons, no confetti, no big birthday cake and candles with all of everybody singing happy birthday. But instead, there were numerous mini gatherings and special moments to partake in. It took me a few years to be grateful for how I celebrate differently now and participate in special dates as a caregiver. To be honest, I actually had to learn to love this way better. And I did. And they are, they're much more memorable and special now. So this year, my celebration kind of started early, and we did dinner with friends. Uh, my my best friend, one of my best friends, Julie, and her husband, Larry, his birthday is a few days before mine. And so we went out, and this probably was the first time we went out with them in a cu- as a couple in probably over a year because Dennis was very sick and stuff, and we had the best time just gathering together. And then the following morning or Saturday morning, I met up with another friend of mine, Denise. And we usually get together and walk or, or have coffee together. And this time we had coffee together. And we, we, we talked for a solid hour and a half and it was just enjoyable. Friday, I also treated myself because I got a a gift card from Denise to the day spa. And so I went ahead and celebrated my own time away personally. 
I can't remember the last time that I took four hours with no phone, no interruptions, just me by myself. It was the best birthday present ever. Uh, And then what was really fun too is these small little memorable moments. Dennis came home from grocery shopping and I've, I've learned to appreciate that he likes to go grocery shopping for me. He bought me two slices of cheesecake, strawberry swirl cheesecake. I squealed like a just a little kid. It was like the best treat ever. As I look back to my first three months as a caregiver, I experienced those special dates differently. And I, to be honest with you, when those milestones came, I, I felt different. My wedding anniversary in that first, in 2017, my spouse and I were, my spouse was in the midst of chemotherapy. So I felt like it was just another day. He said, happy anniversary. We posted some pictures on Facebook. I gave him a card and he kissed me on the cheek. This was the first anniversary, though, where we didn't go out for dinner. There wasn't uh, a gift on the counter for me, and he didn't buy me a card. He was sick. But my, and I, I still feel bad for doing this, but it, I, had to, I had to confess my emotions. I was sad. I was angry. I was hurt. Cancer took away our special day, our special day to celebrate. Here's another example. Mom's birthdays, my mom's birthday that year was different too. My, if you remember my story, my dad had pancreatic cancer and my husband had lymphoma that year. So I bought, a, I would go over to her home or go up to her cabin, wherever they were, and I would always, you know, bring her big cake and a gift and the family would get together and we would have a big celebration. My dad and mom would go up for dinner usually um, and then I would hit it before or after. So this year I thought, well, I'm going to bring her a gift. And I, and I drove up to the cabin, brought a cake as well to visit them. I walked into the cabin and she was teary eyed since dad was sick in bed from chemotherapy. I hope I could have cheered her up that day with, and I think I did with the smaller, more intimate celebration. Uh, You know, it was just her and I. My husband was homesick. My dad was sick. And so I just got together. And I hope just that little bit of spark where we had a little tiny cake and we lit some candles and we, we just enjoyed each other's company. My, like I said, my mom and dad before cancer, birthdays were a big thing in our household. As a young kid, I would, as a young child, my mom and dad would allow us to have birthday parties. And then until we were maybe in our teenagers, then they shifted it where they took us just one-on-one. My mom and dad would take us out for dinner and at a, we got to pick the place where we wanted to go. And in Wisconsin, we call our some of our old-fashioned restaurants supper clubs. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but they have a bar, and so you have a drink or something before, and I would always pretend I'm having an alcoholic drink. I'd have like a 
a kitty cocktail or a, a, a Coke, and they would put a cherry or an olive in it and a straw. It was just really special. And then we would go and ha- order off the menu, and there's usually a salad bar, and then we would have a birthday cake, and that would be our celebration. So my mom and dad would do that too. And when they, as my mom and dad retired, my dad would take my mom out. He'd usually buy her a gift. And sometimes he would just say, you know what, I'm going to take you shopping so you can pick out what you want. It, But it was my mom's special day. I could feel, though, when I walked into that cabin that my mom's pain was there. She was, she had tears in her eyes. She was sad. And I know she was lonely wishing for those, those old days. And who wouldn't be when you're sitting there by yourself and your loved one is in bed sick? Now, my birthday that year too. So it went my husband and, and my husband and my dad were diagnosed. Then in October was my 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 anniversary. Then in my mom's birthday. And then it was my birthday in November and it was my fifty fifty fifth birthday, which was really low key too. My birthday Actually, where I was at my birthday was in the oncology department. I was in the oncology department, and Dennis, my husband, was in one chemo chair, and my dad was in the other chemo chair. What a way to celebrate your birthday, right? Yeah, your brain goes to, hey, this isn't really fair, right? But my mom and my brother and my sister were there, um, and I think they scheduled themselves there at 2 and when, once our guys got involved into their chemotherapy and were all set, my mom and my brother and my sister took me to the hospital cafeteria. And we had lunch there, and I had a cupcake and gifts. And so my party was in the hospital cafeteria. It was so very surreal. But I think about it now and look back at it as what an attempt to try to make the day as best as we can. I'm not telling you this to focus on the negativity, but I'm really just stating a fact. I know you have had those special days that didn't feel special. When life is challenging and your loved one is sick or injured and you need to, you just need to go ahead and shift your priorities. You sometimes have to accept the things are going to be different, right? But you don't have to stop celebrating. You just have to celebrate differently. Just like I I did this year, just like I did in my 55th year, just like Dennis and I did for our anniversary. After those initial three months where I felt major, major letdowns, I could have a pity party and you all could be at my pity party. And it was just so bad at some points. I soon realized the importance of shifting celebrations, meaning making them special in your own way with small moments of joy and simplicity. You know, I think about my mom and I with this little tiny cake at the cabin and we were singing happy birthday. And then we went by my dad and said, hey, dad, look at look at, you know, mom's cake and stuff. And he smiled, but he just couldn't wake up. He just couldn't stay awake. It was it was just too hard for him. Here's another one, I think, too, that I think back at that year, the first Thanksgiving as a caregiver, 
you know, in the past, mom would host Thanksgiving or I would host Thanksgiving, uh, but it was different this year. We knew that it would be my dad's last Thanksgiving. We knew it was going to be that, his last Thanksgiving. And he, when we did the chemotherapy, we made sure that that Thanksgiving was going to be on a good week, meaning that he would be in, he wouldn't have to have chemotherapy. It would be a week that he already kind of bounced back because usually when you have chemotherapy, you have chemotherapy. And then that week after the days and weeks at that days up to a week after were really hard on my dad. And so we made sure it was in week two or week three. And so what we decided is uh, the entire, my entire family traveled up to my mom and dad's cabin, which is very small. Mom served everything very simple. I went up there and helped her with the turkey, but she served turkey, mashed potatoes, dressing, buns, green bean casserole, and pumpkin pie. That seems like a lot, but it, when my mom would really host, it would be double that amount. And then we'd sat with paper plates. We had card tables, chairs. People sat on um, anything, sat on the floor and ate. We just cherished the time together. And when and it was only a short hour and a half or so because that's all my dad could handle. But we were together. We were together, and we got to go ahead and see everybody. Dad got to to talk with everybody, that sort of thing. It wasn't this big spectacular event, but it was something simple, and it would be the most memorable Thanksgiving I ever had because we took family photos and we we giggled and laughed and shared stories. Simple but true. Another one is this past Valentine's Day. Dennis and I were at Kathy's house because that was his sixth week span where he had to have the stem cell transplant and reharvest and and recover from that. So there wasn't a candlelight dinner or a bouquet of roses or gifts or anything like that. It wasn't. As a matter of fact, he was isolated in his room. So was I isolated there. So we had to isolate. And to be honest with you, this was three weeks into it. So being with your husband for three solid weeks in a room, it, it, it was just another day, but it was Valentine's Day. And so Dennis and I agreed to a simple card with a handwritten note in it. And what's really nice about Kathy's house is they had cards there that you could just take and you could use for whatever. And so we went, I brought him the basket of cards so he could pick them out. I went and picked out mine and we spent our time writing our card. And then we exchanged it on Valentine's Day. And there was a special treat because people donated these big, humongous, fat uh, cookies. And I'm I'm one of these iced cookie decorated white cookie gal. And it was a heart-shaped cookie about the size of your, a little bit bigger than the palm of my hand. They were so good that were donated. And so that was my special treat. Uh, while Dennis was sleeping and resting, I also took advantage. They have bathtubs. They have two bathtubs. And I got a this, this lavender bath bomb gift from a coworker. And so I decided, you know, while he was sleeping, I'm going to do my Valentine's Day and 
just take a bath. It was so wonderful. It was just a big treat for me. So as you move into the holidays, as you and I move into the holidays, my hope is that you think differently about these special events and the celebrations and your expectations of them. You might not be able to gather with family and friends, or you may be limited due to your loved one's health or your loved one's condition. Uh, This may make you want to feel like you have a void. And you might be even in grief because you can't be with the family or you can't do the things like you used to. And so you're going to have to think about Do you want to go ahead and just feel bad or do you want to kind of do something different so that you can go ahead and still celebrate a little bit different? Maybe it's when my brother was uh, stationed overseas at Christmas time, you know, they found technology at that time. Technology wasn't FaceTime and all that kind of stuff, but you could find FaceTime and and maybe have a FaceTime and you could actually see everybody and wave to everybody or, you know, you could have the, the the gifts delivered or whatever. Or you just make a new tradition like making a special meal for you and your loved one or you make a craft or watch your favorite Christmas carol, favorite movie like Christmas Carol or something like that. Um, if you used to host for an event like Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's Eve, uh, and you now can't do that because of your time commitments and the pressures, it's okay to say, I just don't have the capacity. As a matter of fact, I get commend you and give you courage for doing that. Instead, maybe you bring a dish or buy the groceries for the person hosting because you still want to host and you let your family make the meal. How, you know, when you when you let go, it may make you feel guilty. It may make you feel like a schmuck for some reason. But instead, look at look at that as being proud like you're passing the baton to a new family member that's going to help you. They want to help. As a matter of fact, my daughter-in-law and son knew that this year was extremely rough losing my mom and all of her illnesses and and even Dennis going through a stem cell my daughter-in-law said I want to host Thanksgiving and it was like it felt almost like a letdown like oh it's going to feel weird that I'm not hosting but instead I look at how excited she is to be able to host it in her own home and we're all bringing something there to go ahead and let light lighten the load a little bit. And I know one of my words are going to be, you know, thank you. I am, I am so, uh, so pleased to be invited. And then I'm going to whisper in her ear saying, I know how hard of work this is. And I so appreciate you because, you know, when you do it year after year after year, people don't really understand how much work and pressure that is. Another thought is if your loved one is not alert or able to celebrate, we as caregivers tend to feel lonely, right? Oh my gosh, I can remember New Year's Eve and my loved one just finished his chemotherapy the day before and he was sick. He didn't want to even get out of bed. And here I was crying, 
curled up on the couch, feeling sorry for myself because it was New Year's Eve. We usually went to a local theater, out for dinner. We watched a movie together. We did something on New Year's Eve. So after that year, I'm like, I am not going to go ahead and feel like this crybaby that is all alone because I can change my mindset. And so I thought about what about figuring out a new way to look at this event or any event that potentially I'm alone. Think about it. Can you do something you enjoy and still have fun? Maybe it's you're going to go ahead and have a glass of wine and you're going to FaceTime a friend or you invite him or her over and you sit and have a glass of wine together or you buy some crafts. If you can't have a friend over, you buy some crafts you know, put them on your table, turn the TV on, watch the ball drop and do something you absolutely love to do. Or maybe you watch a good movie, stream something yet you've been wanting to watch for a long time, or watch an old movie that, you know, that brought you joy in the past. Get creative and do something different. Do something different. Heck, maybe it's even a slumber party. Bring back some of your childhood memories. You bring over your friend or your grandchildren and you have a slumber party or you have a game night or whatever. I know you can think of creative things. So to conclude here, you have to come to the reality that you will have to adapt and change during your caregiving season. Those special events and those memorable days on the calendar are always going to be there. And my birthday is always going to be November 21st in the the good times and the rough times and the shitty times and then the happy times. Your loved one is not doing this to you on purpose. Their illness or disease is holding them back. And your ultimate goal is you want them to get better. I remember being so angry and resentful, you know, at at the situation, even at Dennis, instead of really being, it was cancer's fault. Instead of just accepting the reality of the season, it's okay to have a low-key birthday, a low-key anniversary, a Christmas that's different, New Year's Eve that's quiet, or other holidays. (laughs) What I'm thinking about right now is Hallmark movies. You know, you look at Hallmark movies and they make them just so perfect. My pet peeve is like, does everybody have to walk out of the bedroom with their makeup on and jewelry on and the perfect clothes and they walk around with high heel shoes in the house? Seriously, do they? No. I, you know, your loved one, your loved one and you, you're looking at that and it's like not everything and everyone has the perfect Christmas, has the perfect holiday. The movies make everything look so perfect and great. Oh my gosh. And we know they're not. We know they're not, you know. I always laugh too. It's like they're they're outside with their beautiful jacket and their scarf on and the snow falls down so perfectly at the perfect time. Oh, don't get me going on that kind of stuff. It's, you know, some of the best celebrations and the best memories are just the simple ones. The small moments together, sitting in your jammies and enjoying a cup of coffee in the morning by yourself, 
those are the ones we remember the most and it brings us the most joy. So, you know, I, I, I just had this inkling today to talk about that with you because we set ourselves up for this perfect, perfect thing. And caregiving is not perfect. We're not perfect. But you know what? We can make it the best possible time and figure out the best possible solution for us. You know, things can be falling apart, but it's just the small moment. Something really simple as singing a Christmas song with your loved one while they're laying in bed or showing them or turning on the music for them and you see their hands moving and you're enjoying the music. That could be the most memorable part of your Christmas. So I hope this helped today. You have a good rest of the week. Um, I want to send you an early happy Thanksgiving if we don't connect before then. And if you have extra ideas on things that you want to think about so that you can lower your expectations or find small moments of joy, send them my way because we have to get through these special events together. We have to get through the challenging seasons together. And I want that to be with with the most joy that you possibly can. Bye for now.